Welcome back to another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm Colton Stone alongside, as always, Chris Bassinet. Chris, we are at the semifinals. How about that? I know. Uh, it feels like just last week we were talking about, oh, the playoffs are finally here. Well, the yep. playoffs are almost done. The playoffs are almost over. Yep. <laughs> so uh, time flies when you're having fun. But, uh, you know, plenty of teams, uh, sticking on that theme, plenty of teams had fun last week. Plenty of teams obviously see their season come to an end in the quarterfinals. Few surprises, much like last week, few surprises, couple seed upsets. There are actually a couple, I mean, legitimate upsets. Yeah. Um, a few blowouts, a lot of high-scoring games, a lot mm-hmm. of low-scoring games. Kind of was, This week was kind of just all over the place. It was a smorgasbord. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, you know, we're, we're getting truly into crunch time. We're entering what you'd consider football weather. Um, we may start seeing, in most classes, we may start seeing more of those 24 to 17 games. But I mean, overall, as we go into the semifinals, what's what's the general feeling? I suppose. Yeah, like you said, not a, not a lot of real big surprises. I don't think there's there's some lower seeds that won, but at the same time, it's you know you take like Creighton Prep for example. Yeah. Say an 11 seed, not really a surprise that they're in the semifinals. We knew they were pretty good. They played a really tough schedule early. Just happened to get Elkhorn South by a score last week. Yeah. Not a huge shock. Uh, Grand Island's the four seed. A lot of people had Millard South maybe making a run. It's maybe a little bit of a surprise, but still, Grand Island had a really good year. You know, and, and so I think a lot of this, outside of maybe one or two games, and we'll get to this later on, but nothing that really you look at and go, holy cow, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. And, and so... It's it's that time of year when the kind of the cream rises to the cro- the top, right? And, and we've seen that for the most part. And occasionally you'll get you'll get the Cinderella here and there. Mm-hmm. We kind of saw that with Columbus Lakeview last year when they won the title. But but this year it's been by and large teams that, that you're not su- surprised to see in these positions. Yeah, and it's it's sometimes hard. I know we maybe talked at the very beginning of the playoffs. Sometimes it's hard looking at a team that well, you know, this is an an eight seed, but. Their two losses are the team that's the one seed and the three seed. Yeah. So it's like, are, are they really not bad? Are they as bad as their seed says they are? No, yeah. not necessarily. So, yeah. um, and like you said, sticking with Class A, Creighton Prep's that a perfect example. Six and three, you're thinking, okay, you know, North Platte and Creighton Prep, they're five seeds apart, but you know they got the same record. So, and then Creighton Prep and Elkhorn South, Elkhorn South, you thought maybe matched up better, mm-hmm. undefeated, seemed like. They had things rolling, and then, you know, it just you know, they kind of met their maker a little bit against Creighton Press. Yeah, and, and let's let's be honest, Elkhorn South did have it rolling. Um, Cole Ballard had a great year, 38 touchdowns, I think. That offense had been rolling, and, and Prep holds them to three points. I think they forced five turnovers, and Elkhorn South had four turnovers all season coming mm-hmm. into the game. You know, it was just one of those games where, where Creighton Prep's defense really took over. Creighton Prep scored early uh, in the first quarter, and Elkhorn South drove a couple times, got into Creighton Prep territory, couldn't finish the job. The defense stepped up and made plays. So, yeah, again, it's it's a deal where you look at that game and it is is it a surprise? The prep one, maybe a little, maybe yeah. a little, just when you look at records. But at the same time, again, go back to the beginning of the season. Prep nearly beat Bellevue West. They they, they nearly beat Gretna. They played Gretna as tough as pretty much anybody this year, other than Bellevue yeah. West, who had them down big early in that regular season game. And so, at the end of the day. Not not a real surprise to see prep in this position. Yeah, and then you look on uh, when you look at the other two matchups. Of course, the one seed and the two seed move on. West Side and Gretna, Lean Southwest essentially had West Side right where they wanted them. You'd, you'd think leading at halftime, coming out, you know, maybe if you can just string, 
you know, not a lot of momentum, but kind of just take what you have and, you know, milk the clock, maybe just milk some of the game. Yep. And Westside, again, showed why, you know, they, they make better adjustments uh, at halftime. Yeah, it was a deal where they hit the long run with Cal Newell uh, right before half. Southwest does. They're up 21-14, and you're kind of raising an eyebrow because Southwest got the ball to start the second half. They got the kickoffs. You're going, okay, yeah, exactly like you said. If they drive the field, if they you know take six minutes off the clock here, kick a field goal, or at least run the clock down a little bit, you go, okay. But, man, Westside came out. I mean, it was three quick plays and out. And yeah. it was a punt, and they had the ball in Southwest territory, and pretty soon the game's tied. And that's just kind of how that whole second half went. You just saw Westside kind of take it to another level. I thought West, or I thought Southwest played just about as good as they could have played in the first half, and they force a couple turnovers. They pick up three fourth downs. I think they're all three in their own territory. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kind of did what you have to do to pull an upset, and then you look up at halftime, and they're only up seven. And, and so you knew you knew that first drive of the second half was going to be important, and, and the way Westside came out and just kind of smacked them right away, you went, oh, okay. I, I, they, they took it up, and now you now can Southwest match them, and, and the Silverhawks just weren't able to do it that, that second half. Yeah, and Gretna against Bellevue West kind of showed that they're, I, I would say they're probably still the proverbial favorite. Right? Yeah. As you, as you look at the two semifinals. Yep. So, uh, in Class B, not uh, not too much to write home about here in Class Pretty B. Pretty chalky yeah, in Class yeah, B. Yeah, it yep. feels, feels like we kind of, I'd almost say nailed this uh, maybe even before the playoffs, started, <laughs> really. Uh, Bennington and Waverly in the, the top half of the bracket, Scotts Bluff and Omaha Gross. Nothing really close. Every team kind of played to their strength. Waverly, of course, gives up one score and says, okay, you can have seven, Yeah, and we'll take it from here. <laughs> uh, Scott's Bluff, big win. Omaha Gross, big win. Bennington, ground and pound. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, this is kind of exactly what we thought these two matchups would shake out to be. It's, it's the same thing we've seen the whole, the whole year where it's kind of that top five group of teams and then everybody else. And, yeah. and then Elkhorn, of course, gets upset in the first round by, by Northwest. <laughs> but, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's, this is the best four teams in the class probably. Uh, and now they're meeting in the semifinals. That Scotts Bluff Gross game, I think, is going to be a great game. Scotts Bluff's got to get on the bus and come come east again uh, yeah. after they got to host a couple of home games and have uh, have Plattsmouth and and Scott come out their way, which th- they definitely earned. There's no doubt about that. But Bearcats, no strangers to get on the bus. Played at Pius, played at Waverly, played at York this year. They they know the routine. They're they're not going to be scared of it or afraid of it or, or unfamiliar with it. I think that's really going to be a great game. Waverly, it's it's kind of that formula, right? Can they score early? And lean on that defense, mm-hmm. and, and it's a different animal when you're playing Bennington for for sure. But boy, if 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 Waverly can get up ten nothing, you know, make way make Bennington have to score a couple times against your good defense, never know. You know, you know, we saw it with Southwest last week, and they got that game to the second half with the lead, mm-hmm. and, and that's really all you can ask for as the underdog. So that's kind of the, the spot Waverly's in right now. Yeah, if you look at the Vikings, it's, uh, essentially the goal is make Bennington uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, is what it is. Bennington wants to run the ball. They want to control the line of scrimmage. And if they get into a position where, hey, we don't have enough time or we, we think we can run the ball enough, now if they have to start going to the air, you know, can Waverly make them uncomfortable on the yeah. offensive side of the ball? I, it, it's possible. Yeah. But you, you would probably still lean Bennington if, if they can keep their – Kind of game moving. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. The bat look, it's been the Badgers all year. We've known yeah. that, and and it, it they're going to be favored again Friday night. But that's why you play them, right? Yep. Where everybody's going to have a shot. Yeah, looking at uh, Class C one as we just kind of go down the list here, 
Again, a couple surprises, nothing too shocking. Pierce, of course, takes care of business. Aurora takes care of business. Boone Central, big win over Impressive. Ashton Greenwood. Yeah. We, we were, you know, we had mentioned, you know, starting the playoffs, how how would Ashton Greenwood kind of work through a couple of these injuries, some of their, you know, leadership players. Mm -hmm. They got through the first week pretty, pretty clean, and then they ran into a, you know, a, a good Boone Central team where they just, once you fell behind, there wasn't really a sense of, okay, they can, find a way back. Yeah, I think it was still where the snowball just got rolling downhill there. Bell, or excuse me, Ashton Green was up 7 nothing after one quarter uh, in that game and, and probably kind of has that game where they want it. Um, you're playing a team that's that's pretty well your equal when you look at just results, things like that from throughout the year. Boone lost to Aurora and Pierce. Ashton Green, of course, lost to Aurora. No shame in that, but yeah, I think you know the injuries maybe caught up with Ashton Greenwood a little bit, and there's no shame in that. It's two of your, two of your best guys, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and and Boone got it rolling, and, and that can happen in the playoffs. You, you, there's a, that little bit of extra sense of desperation, especially when you you fall behind like Ashton Greenwood did, and all of a sudden you look up and it's out of hand. And, yeah. and so that that doesn't take away from what Ashton Greenwood did this year. It also says a lot about what Boone Central's been able to do this year with the way they've competed. Now they get another shot at Aurora. In the semifinals, which is all you want, you you want a chance to to avenge a loss, and, and you go from there. And, and then on the other side, you know, Adam Central's in a semifinal for I think the third time in four years. Uh, won a rematch game against McCook last week. McCook's quarterback was out. Probably made probably made a difference there, but Patriots get Pierce. That, that's been a postseason matchup, mm -hmm. you know, a couple times over these last few years. So. Not like you said, maybe not huge surprises. The the two heavy favorites are still there. Can they kind of take that next step now and kind of get to where everybody expects them to be next week? Yeah, I, we've we've been eyeing an Aurora Pierce final, or you know wherever they might have you know shaken out in these playoffs. We've been waiting for that matchup, and you know this is this is the week where we find out is yep. is it meant to be as <laughs> as it has been maybe the previous ten to eleven weeks. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. And C two. Um, now this is where we start to see, you know, a little a little bit of the playoff get hot at the right time. Yeah. Uh, kind of mentality here. Battle Creek takes out number one, uh, Hastings Saint Cecilia, Hardington Cedar Catholic beats Malcolm uh, in overtime. Norfolk Catholic. See the top half is surprising. The bottom half, Norfolk Catholic and Ord. That's yeah, exactly that's what surprising. we kind of thought. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but looking at that top half, that's that's. Two big wins. We're looking at what the twelve and the nine playing yep. each other in the top half. It, it, and it goes back to that argument of of the, should the higher seed get the host all the yep. way through the playoffs? Saint Cecilia, the top seed, has to go on the road, drive two and a half hours, play at Battle Creek, who's really good. Had a good year in C one last year. Dropped down into C two. That it's that's no that's not a huge upset there. We know the Braves have a good team, but mm -hmm. but is it different if that game's maybe in Hastings with the higher seed hosting? And same for Malcolm. Malcolm playing as well as anybody in the class, maybe, the last month of the season. They've got to go on the road to Hardington. The, the offense that had been so good just kind of dries up. <laughs> it's, it's, it just shows you how funny this game is. They kick a field goal to tie it, then they miss an extra point yeah. uh, in overtime. And, and Hardington <laughs> scores on fourth down, kicks their extra point, wins. And that just shows you how small the margins are. Does that flip if that game's in Malcolm? Instead, now you've got to play. You've got to play who's in front of you, yeah. no matter where it is. And you give credit to Battle Creek and Cedar Catholic, especially Cedar Catholic, who's who's pretty banged up right now and kind of finding a way. But does do those games flip, or does even that Malcolm game, a one point game, flip if it's in Malcolm and Cedar Catholic's the one traveling? Yeah. 
we'll never it, know. It's very possible. Yeah, it, it is an argument of, you know, obviously it's harder to play on the road in yeah. the playoffs. You'd like to have that home matchup at, at, at all costs. Yeah. Uh, it, and it didn't shake out that way. And then looking at the bottom, again, like we said, Norfolk Catholic Ord, not really surprised. Ord had a, a bit of a, a battle on their hand with Oakland Craig, but and then Norfolk Catholic and, and Lincoln Lutheran decided to just have a shootout <laughs> uh, and, and just go back and forth until someone someone stopped scoring, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and the issue for Lincoln Lutheran was they never stopped Norfolk Catholic. <laughs> yeah. I think they scored on every possession, and, and Norfolk Catholic throws in an interception return, I believe, or, or something like that. They scored scored some some yeah. some way that kind of got it, got it screwed up. But you give a lot of credit to Lincoln Lutheran. That's a team that started 0-2, and you kind of wonder where that season was going. And, and then you end up getting that home game in the quarterfinals, and, and you push a really, really good team, probably the favorite in that class, you know, into the yeah. fourth quarter. So a lot of credit to the Warriors for, for hanging in there. Garrett Hofs throws for 400-plus yards. Johnny Pell's had a great year receiving. I think he went over 1,300 receiving yards uh, in that game for the year. So a lot of credit to the Warriors for pushing Norfolk Catholic. Yeah, again, I, I, obviously it, the momentum of the season kind of just carried into the playoffs, but getting hot at the right time, and they're right there. Against yeah, I'm probably the favorite in that class, and you know you, you give them all the credit for it, at least being in the game because they could yeah. have easily just not easily <laughs> not been. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking at D1, uh, North Platte St. Pat's, easy easy win. Uh, kind of kind of a, a little bit of what we surprisingly easy. Yeah, yeah, I think you, you, we expected St. Pat's to win, but. 56 nothing at halftime against yeah. Elmwood Murdoch. And, and, you know, we think back to the beginning of the year, and, and, and Elmwood Murdoch put 95 <laughs> points on the board that first game and 70-some the next week. Yeah. That offense is tough. So that, that tells you something about St. Pat's for, for sure. And then Neely Oakdale uh, moving on against Riverside again. You know, the score not clo not extremely close, but uh, it, it'll be an interesting matchup as, uh, of course, uh, St. Pat's has to go to Neely to play Neely Oakdale. Mm -hmm. um, Again, that's a one seed having to go on the road yeah. <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it, I think, of course, we, we've said most of the season, North Platte St. Pat's, that's probably who, who's going to come out of, of whatever side of the bracket they're on. But it, it comes back to can Neely Oakdale do enough at home to, to make St. Pat's uncomfortable with the way they play? I, I think they can because they have Aiden Cooster who who just set the, the national eight-man record for career total offense. <laughs> <laughs> and he, they can run it, they can throw it. How how does St. Pat's go about slowing him down? You don't stop a guy like that, of course. Um, how do, can they slow him down enough? You're probably thinking you're going to have to win a game that's probably 48, 45, something like that. It's probably yeah. going to be a shootout. You would think we'll see what that looks like. That's going to be a really really fun game. Might be the game of the weekend uh, outside of the in the you know eight man six man yeah. ranks. Um, going to be a lot of fun, I, I think, in that game. And on the other side, Stanton. Just kind of quietly continues to roll. They're unbeaten. It doesn't feel like we've talked about them a whole lot this year, and that's a team that's that's got a lot of really good young talent. They're going to be around for the next couple of years, but but they they might do it right now. And yeah. it, it you know we we've talked so much about St. Pat's. We've talked so much about cross county teams like that. You, you kind of forget about Stanton sitting out there unbeaten, and then they've got Clarkson Lee, who's only lost on a Hail Mary to, to Cross County yeah. this year. That's going to be another really, really good semifinal. So two really good semis in this class. I think whoever wins those games, either way they go, I think you're going to have a really great final there. So that should be a, that should be a fun class to watch. Yeah, and we saw Weeping Waters' uh, Cinderella run fall, fall just, just short of a semifinal appearance. Uh, but, I mean, big credit to them for, for getting a you know, yep. win. 
went over cross county, right? Went yeah. over, yeah. went over uh, beat two unbeaten teams to, yeah. to get to the yeah. quarterfinals. And yep. then you know they again you look at the score; it wasn't close necessarily speaking, but I mean, big props to them for for even getting there. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, D two, little uh, eh, a little chalky, I suppose. But so many good teams, it's, yeah. it's tough to say there is a whole lot of upsets. Yeah, this, this is a perfect example of a bracket where you look Central Valley, who's who's in the semifinals against Howells Dodge, was seven and one as the twelve seed. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's just you look up and down. It's like there wasn't really none of these teams were ever going to be a bad team. Yeah, they, they were all going to give you fits in in some way. Yeah. Now Howells Dodge, of course, rolls fifty eight eight Central Valley. Pretty much controlled the game against BDS, uh, but that's another that's another uh, semifinal that is is very interesting. At least Howells gets that home game. Mm-hmm. Uh, will that play a factor? Could 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 and and let's not. I mean, look, we know what Howells Dodge is. They're here yeah. every year. They they they're not unfamiliar with this stage. Maybe a little different for Central Valley. You're going into a place that has hosted how many of these types of games? You know, yeah. over the last 10, 15, 20 years. So. Look, that's a one-loss team and an unbeaten team. You never know what's going to happen, but we've seen Howells Dodge all year. They might be the best eight-man team, whether it's D1, D2, doesn't matter. I think they're just really, really good. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough road to hoe for Central Valley, but again, that's why you play them. Yeah, then looking at Bloomfield and Hitchcock County again, you know, Bloomfield to six, they get past Why Not uh, in a somewhat contested game, and then Hitchcock County, you know, two weeks in a row has just rolled and it looks like we're kind of on a crash course for Howells Dodge Hitchcock County but you know Bloomfield is you know right there they they can they can score points much like Hitchcock County can so that may be another game where who has the ball last or who can just put together consecutive scores yeah yeah and you talk about Bloomfield the team again that, that's there year after year after year the, the stage isn't going to bother them Hitchcock had a kind of a surprising run last season and all they've done this year is back it up. Maybe the best defense uh, in D2. Um, they've just shut teams down. And, and you, you talk about Bloomfield beat Osceola in the first round. A lot of us, I think, thought Osceola might make a run yeah. uh, in that bracket. And they went a 44-42 game, and now, now they're kind of off and running. And, and, again, unbeaten team, one loss team. You almost flip a coin uh, in that situation. I think Hitchcock County, at least for us, in this part of the state, is kind of the great unknown. You, you, we just don't see them, you know, yeah. be, being out where they are. So. That's that's one of those kind of really interesting cross state matchups, you know, that, that you're only gonna see, you know, in a state tournament, whether it's football, basketball, whatever. So yeah. really interested to see what that game ends up looking like. And now Chris, of, of course my bread and butter here, six man yeah. football. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Uh, to say the least, we we had our eyes on an SEM Parkview Christian rematch. They both take care of business two weeks in a row. There they are right there at the top of the bracket, taking on uh, each other. Parkview Christian will get to Host SEM, if I'm correct. That's correct, yep. Okay, and then looking at the bottom side, Pawnee City taking out Potter Dix. Uh, big, I would say a, a big surprise, especially since you look at Potter Dix, 109 points one week, next week 47. <laughs> it's just like uh, Pawnee City kind of put together, uh, I guess, a formula, you know, uh, to, for lack of a better term, of, I guess, not giving up 100 <laughs> points, right? So, and then Arthur County, uh, we kind of, you know, the Hay Springs thing was somewhat of the surprise. I thought maybe Arthur County, Cody Kilgore, that would have been an interesting matchup too, but Arthur County takes care of business against Hay Springs. So both sides are, are in, intriguing to me. One, you've got a, a rematch, and on the other side, 
Hunter Dix, who I think most of us would have said they are a runaway favorite, they, mm-hmm. they should win uh, the six-man title, is now out. Yeah, that's that's probably the upset of the playoffs for me, and I'm talking any class. And it, it doesn't get the attention that maybe it should because it's six-man because it happened out in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. That's a team, Potter Dix, that was as dominant against its competition as any team in the state. And it doesn't matter if it's Class A, Class C, 1, whatever. You're talking about a team that, that won its games by an average of 70 points. I mean, they were putting up basketball numbers week in, week out. They score 109 last week. They're up 20-8 to 8 on Pawnee City after one quarter. You're going, okay, here they go. Yeah. All of a sudden, you look up and you see that final score. and you, that, that was the one score where I really kind of shook my head and said, wow. Because I think... I think everybody just about in the state, maybe outside of the, the people in Pawnee City's locker room, said Potter Dix is going to roll all the way through to the championship. And that's the beauty of it, right? Mm-hmm. That, and that happened on Potter Dix's home field, too. Let's, let's not forget that. We've been talking about road trips and things like yeah. that. So, yeah, really, really impressive by Pawnee City. Now Arthur County, who's been sitting there unbeaten right behind Potter Dix all year, and again, overshadowed because of what the Coyotes were doing. Mm-hmm. Another unbeaten team, and they're going, okay. Maybe our road looks a little different now. And so interesting, interesting game there. The more interesting game is at the top of the bracket. Yes, and I think we know that. Uh, SEM won the first game 20-16. to 16. Parkview Christian certainly wants another shot after what happened. They're up 16-0 and driving uh, in that game. Running back gets knocked out of the game on a late hit uh, near the sideline. SEM wins 20-16. to 16. Both teams have rolled since then. Mm-hmm. So you know you know Parkview's ready for that rematch. And it's it's something where they probably saw that bracket come out and said, okay, let's just get there and see what happens. So afternoon kick, if you're not doing anything Friday afternoon, go watch that yeah. one, 2 o'clock up at Larry and Carroll Frostfield. I think that's really going to be a fun game just because of the storylines kind of leading into that one. Yeah, it's, this is kind of where you and I put it all on the table here. We, we said preseason, Parkview Christian is the, the city's you know favorite at a chance at a title. And... You know, they lose to SEM after leading, win every game, and they're right back against the yep. same team. So this, you know, anything could happen on that bottom side. I, I think Arthur County, they've been in been in this spotlight before. Yeah. They've, you know, the only teams they've ever really been bested by are, you know, the McCool Junctions. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the teams that win, the, win the, the state The teams titles. that win state titles. Yeah, yeah. They always kind of get right there, and then, you know, the Potter Dixes, Cody Kilgore, teams like that. But... You know that that'll be intriguing who comes out of there, but it really will. You know that top side, Parkview Christian is I think has all the motivation in the world, and you know it'll. I think that is another game where whoever has the ball last, I think wins that game. Yeah, should be it should be a lot of fun. Uh, one of the best weekends of the year, yeah, no doubt. Uh, state semifinals. Uh, after that, we're almost home. The following Friday is the six man state championship. Uh, Eight-man championships follow next Monday uh, with the C2 Monday night, C1BA Tuesday night. Uh, So we're almost there. It's been a fun year. We'll have full coverage of the playoffs this weekend, next weekend, the following week before you sit down for your Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) So stay with us. We'll have all the coverage you need.